Welcome to Elevate Your Life and Soul. I'm your host, Marla Kennedy, life coach, mama, and spiritual soul seeker. Each week, this podcast will bring you interviews, stories, and mentoring so you can truly know your value, know your worth, and elevate all areas of your life. Let's rise together. Welcome to episode seven of Elevate Your Life and Soul. Today I am sharing another interview with you with the amazing Chrissy Marie. Chrissy is a spiral practitioner and she is such a gift, such a gem and this interview went deep. It was just beautiful. In this episode we talk about everything from activating your aliveness and vitality, the spiral, what it is and how to bring more play into your life and I can't wait to share it with you. So say stay tuned. But first, I just want to remind you that if you are looking for a life coach, I am here and I have a couple of spots left to start in Feb. So if that interests you, head over to Instagram and send me a DM at Marla Loves, or you can email me Marla at MarlaKennedy.com and we can have a chat and see if it's a good fit. All right, here's the interview with Chrissy. I hope you enjoy it. Hey Chrissy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy you're here. Um, how are you? Feeling, I'm feeling really energized. Um, I ended up pulling a, a spirit animal card this morning and I pulled the starfish, oh, which wow. I had pulled, I haven't pulled in a whole year and the last time I pulled it was last year around this time. And the message of the starfish is infinite possibilities Ooh. are on the way or you're open to infinite possibilities. And I, I kind of feel starfishy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so amazing. Um, I haven't pulled a card today. I might have to do that a bit later. Um, mm. Yeah, so much fun. And what's the last thing you had to eat? <laughs> I just finished eating some egg noodles and Mm. leftover curry mix meshed thing. Yum. That sounds so good. I'm going to go eat some pasta after this, I think. Some chickpea pasta, but it's beautiful. Yeah, so good with roasted veggies and stuff. Um, And so Mm. tell me a little bit about you. What's your mission? Ooh, oh my gosh. It's so interesting you asked that. I I literally had stuff around mission downloading today Mm -hmm. and it's shifted. What came through recently, because a lot of what I, my focus has been over the course of the last couple of years is reconnecting to my inner child and helping other people do that as well. But the languaging is shifting now and I'm really focusing on aliveness um, not just through the path of activating your inner child, but like all the time with within all parts of you. So really being the embodiment of life force energy and an explorer of life force energy and, and guiding people to activate their sense of vitality and aliveness. Mm, that's so good. I love that. Um, mm. And so you're a spiral practitioner and... And you're a coach as well. Um, mm-hmm. So what compelled you to dive into that? 
Uh, so spiral was an intuitive pull. Uh, I had no idea what it was when I first saw it popping up in my social media feed, but there was something about the symbolism and about the people that were promoting it that created this deep sense of curiosity and alignment. And initially, I was coming from a space of really just wanting to learn another modality, like, oh, this would be so fascinating to learn. And uh, I caught myself coming from a space of scarcity with it. So I, I decided not to go to the first practitioner training and, and I decided to wait. And um, I got myself a practitioner who took me through the spiral. And then I went to training last year and it was, <clears throat> it was everything that I thought it would be and more. It was absolutely like the universe just giving me my next stepping stone to how I serve best. Mm. So um, what is Spiral for people who don't know what it is? Yeah. So Spiral is this really powerful modality of, of energetic and, and quantum clearing. It, it follows a, a linear format, but not a linear integration process, but it's, mm. it follows like a ladder. It's like a ladder of consciousness from lower levels of consciousness to higher levels of consciousness merging the uh, elements of the chakra system, the Chinese meridian system, um, NLP coaching, and it also involves applied kinesiology. And essentially what it does is, I use the metaphor of a garden, like all of us were seeded with everything we needed to thrive when we were born. And then we had weeds planted in our garden, conditioning parents, society, culture, and what spiral does is it goes in and it actually pulls the weeds up at the root to create this deep detox and energetic space so that you can access your power much faster than if you were just doing like talk therapy or, or just coaching or <clears throat> just embodiment work. It really covers like the mind, body, spirit, energetic quad, quadruplet fecta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. And how has it, um, how has becoming a spiral practitioner ch changed and influenced things for you? Oh, massively. Um, one of the things that I took away from the training itself was just a deep, deep conviction in my ability to serve and in my, my power as a catalyst for other people. And I left there like truly being like, yo, I've got some medicine on my heart. It's for you. Like, <laughs> let's dance, you know, like, let's mm -hmm. do this now. Like there is, now's the time. So I really left with that buzzing, that aliveness, that energy of possibility after going through spiral. I went through once early last year and then a second time in prac training. I just feel, I feel so confident. I feel so grounded. Not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel so much, I can like, I can access that so much faster now. Mm. And aliveness. Can you speak to that a little bit more? I just, I love that word. I know. Well, so aliveness is very much connected to the word vitality, which I was really drawn to that word maybe four years ago when I was doing my values exploration. I was like, what's the feeling state that I'm constantly seeking to experience and it's vitality, which for me is like 
this this uh, energy awakeness like a buzzing excitement presence um being in my body, inspiration, like all of that coming together. It's like flow state in essence. It's the sense of just like being so enamored with what is in your life. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. And how do you support people to bring that through in their lives? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I always, especially when we start with spiral, kind of get to the root of things right away because the stuff that's typically getting in the way of aliveness is shame, a sense of not being good enough, a sense of uh, not being worthy, a sense of not being able to get things right. And most of us were conditioned from a really young age that we have to earn uh, peace. We have to earn love. We have to earn joy. We have to earn all of these higher vibrations that make us feel so alive. Um, And we have judgments around our lower vibrations. Like we judge ourselves for feeling shame. We judge ourselves for feeling guilt. And so we perpetuate those states. So I help people rewrite and redefine their relationship to pain Mm. in a way that empowers them to marry love and acceptance and peace with pain. And then we really start playing and reconnecting to what it's like to just be an explorer of this existence. Mm. What? What is play to you? Yeah. So play to me has a lot to, it's a feeling. It's like um, a sense of, it's this emergence of different things. It's when I'm playing, curiosity is present. Um, Humor is present. Like I have, there's like a lightness, like a giddiness, like child on the playground, like just wanting to see how many shapes she can create with her body on the monkey bars. And mm-hmm. um, there's an openness to newness and not needing to know what's happening next. So again, going back to curiosity, like being okay with mystery, being okay with uh, spontaneity. It's all of those things. Um, but a lot of it does come back to laughter and silliness for me. That's how mm-hmm. I integrate play in my day today. Cause a lot of people will ask, well, do I need to make time for play? I feel like I don't have time to play and play is not something you schedule. It's, it's something you embody. It's a way of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was actually going to ask you about how you brought play into your day and you just kind of answered, is there anything else you would like to expand around that? Yeah. In relation to bringing play into my day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been talking to myself since I was born and could talk, (laughs) making noises, like uh, using my voice to express. And one of the things that I fell away from is that habit of talking to myself. Um, Specifically in third person. So like using my name, like Chrissy, you're doing that thing again. Chrissy, this is what's, this is what you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. So talking to myself was, was like the first little portal of getting me back into the moment and creating space around anything that was triggering me. It started to, I call it mirror talks, like taking it to the mirror, taking it out of my head and into the room. And then I started layering that and I started talking to myself in silly accents And I started (laughs) making faces at myself. Like if I messed, if I quote unquote messed something up or I perceived myself to have made a mistake, 
I would kind of wrinkle my face in a funny way and start talking like this, you know, oh my goodness. And like getting into um, just a very playful, cheeky attitude about it. So I started redefining how I, how I was engaging with stickiness by bringing a sense of humor and like a cheeky, loving, self-deprecating sense of humor to it. And then just like more dancing, more wiggling as I move around. I, I really just began animating myself more. I started playing out these characters, like mm. whenever I felt myself getting too serious. Mm-hmm. And what benefits have you found from doing that? Oh my gosh. The first one is I don't get stuck in the like the the downward spiral of shame. Like I feel like I can just pivot faster. Like when we experience or when I have in the past experienced shame or discomfort, I'd often go into a story about it and I'd try to reason my way out of it or like process my way out of it using my mind. And when I bring play to it, I realize that I don't need to process it. I just need to love it. Mm-hmm. I just need to hold it. I need to be compassionate with it. And um, it's also made me more magnetic. Like I feel like people resonate with me more when I infuse that energy into things. I feel like, um, yeah, there's just a deeper sense of connection that I'm able to foster with other people because that energy within me also allows other people to put their guard down. And then it just becomes this like, we can bring anything to the space. Like let's explore and get curious. So it's helped it, it's helped astronomically in business, but also in my mental well-being, like on the day-to-day. So how can people start playing? Because I feel like that, as childlike as it is, it can seem scary and really daunting to people. Yeah, yeah. I start with people going just to the mirror and start making silly faces in the mirror. And just playing with that and seeing how that feels. Um, And also, I I love the idea of adopting an accent and adopting a character Mm -hmm. and doing it from a place of uh, softness, right? Like when we experience stress, we tend to say, I am stressed. And when we say, I am stressed, we are subconsciously programming our bodies to to feel like stress is all there is and that we are this giant ball of stress Mm -hmm. versus a part of me is experiencing stress, just a a part, so that there's also acknowledging that there's other parts of us that aren't stressed. So I like to, what I started to do is just find little quirky things that uh, I would do on the day-to-day, like try to control things right? Like I have a part of me that is a controller. And so, you know, gave that part a name like control freak, right? That's, that's a part of me that shows up from time to time, especially if I'm trying something new. So she comes around and anytime I catch her coming around, I assign her a voice, mm-hmm. you know, and I start talking to her in these different voices and engaging with her like, all right, Chrissy, I see you like, or I control for you. I see you right now. Like I feel you. I love you. I hear you. 
we don't really need you at the moment. And um, for me, it's just, oh man, it's just helped me create so much space around it. So maybe starting to bring characters to the parts of you that feel really sticky. Also, I just asked myself what I used to love to do when I was little. Like what were the things that brought me joy? Mm -hmm. And for those of us who don't remember our childhood, uh, the question then becomes, what are the things that you're really interested in? Like, what are the things that you would research if you had 10 hours of free time? What would you look up? Mm. And whatever those things are, start surrounding your space with them. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Um, Yeah, for me, I remember the first time, like, I decided to go to a playground and just, start playing like Mm. on the swings and stuff and that is like oh I love doing that it's just so much fun um and you I I never see adult like a lot of adults doing that ever but it's a really simple thing that I find is really fun it's massive yeah playing on the swings is one of my favorite things to do ever Uh, blowing bubbles as well is one of my favorite things to do Um, now that you asked the question, my brain's starting to whir and I'm getting a little bit more hits around it and remembrance. So engaging our senses is a really powerful way to start playing. So things like playing with Play-Doh or getting kinetic sand, Mm. or um, what were your favorite things to smell when you were a child? Start bringing those scents into your home, start smelling them and activating the memories of how you used to feel as a child when the world felt like there was more possibility. Mm. Start remembering what it was like. And um, it takes courage to start playing. It takes courage to swing on a swing set. I still have a story come up that uh, people are going to think that like I'm on drugs. <laughs> if, mm. if I'm just, like letting myself like fully enjoy the swing set. Yeah, that's it. That's, you know, it's funny you say that because that's what like would come to my mind or like being drunk um, totally. because I know in the past if I'd been out drinking when I used to drink because I don't drink now, um, mm-hmm. that would probably like in the middle of the night go play in a playground or something because mm-hmm. I needed that alcohol to release the inhibitions to do that stuff. It's the same with like dancing. I used to go out dancing and I love dancing. And I mean, I dance now at home fine, but before I wouldn't because yeah, who am I to do that? Yes. What yeah. is that, do you think? What is that, that fear or that it's like a sense of we need to be responsible adults? Yeah. Mm. So what comes up for me is first and foremost, that fear of being under the influence and um, not credible, childish, being judged as childish. Mm -hmm. And so I carried a story of like, like you use the word responsibility. I need to be competent. I need to Mm -hmm. be like- Competent, yeah. Right? Like stoic and- and composed. And there is something about joy that requires you to release control in order to experience it. And so if we were conditioned 
from a young age, whether we had trauma or our, our sense of security was jostled, we tend to develop patterns of control and predictability. And joy, as I mentioned, requires that we release a lot of that. So it, it actually doesn't always feel safe to be in joy. And my experience and what I share with clients is that the degree to which we allow for pain and discomfort is the degree to which we allow for joy. And a lot of us are walking around repressing our pain and discomfort. Like we don't want to feel whether that's a heavy feeling or a high feeling, we're afraid to feel deeply. So until we do the work to feel safe in our feelings, we're always going to be castrating our joy to some degree. Mm. And do you feel like that's primarily societal conditioning that's, that's brought us to that place? I would say yes, especially in the West. Um, we've become a very cognitive, mental uh, culture, and we've moved away from being in our bodies and ritual and gatherings that require us to get back into the body. And we've also become very uh, attached to distraction and stimulus, mm. which again, takes us out of the present moment and out of our bodies. And so that paired with maybe a parent that told you that you were too loud when you were playing or girls on the playground or boys on the playground that told you you were too weird when you were using your imagination, all of that conditioning begins to stifle our sense of self-expression mm. and joy. Yeah. And how does, how is not playing like holding us back? Mm. Well, it's kinking our creative hose for one. <laughs> And it's also kinking our intuitive channel. Mm. So when we're playing, we're relaxed and we're open. We also have a lot of life force flowing through us. And, and the amount of life force energy we have flowing through us is directly related to the amount of inspiration, intuition, and sense of resilience and capability we experience. A sense of possibility, really. That sense of like, I'm held by the universe. So when we play, we soften and we nurture our nervous system. We, it's, like, it's like a massage for our soul, mm. <laughs> you know? And I think it's, it's the bedrock of all healing is getting, getting to that space where we allow ourselves to explore and play and become more childlike. Mm. And how, I mean, I, I think we've covered this a, a bit, but how does play unlock trauma? Mm. So how does play, are you asking like, does it trigger trauma or does it help release trauma? Release. Like I think, yeah. 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 Mm. Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to feel into that one. How does play help release trauma? <sighs> I think in a big way, it, it helps, it overrides in essence. And, and you've got to pair that with a lot of other, other um, pieces and different contexts and narratives. Like as you're playing, you also need to be working on your mindset because play is very much about embodiment. It's about being in the body. So the more we get into the body, the more we're actually able to release 
stuck energy in the body. So play alone is not going to facilitate all the trauma release that you need, but it can be an avenue. It can be uh, what's called integration. So integration is what you do following a clearing. So let's say we did like level three or level one of spiral and we're clearing around survival and um, guilt, right? We're clearing all of that out of the body. Now we've created space in the body and let's say your intention for stepping into spiral is to feel more alive. Integration would be like, okay, you've got space in the garden. Where are you going to go plant? Go do that thing now. Get an imprint of what it's like to feel that and let it install while you have all this RAM space in your body's computer. So playing in relationship to doing deep clearing work can be super, super healing. I actually... Um, was just chatting with somebody that is working with me who said that she decided she was going to, for the first time in maybe over a decade, put on her favorite song and dance mm. in her room. And it unlocked so much joy for her. Like it created this super powerful reference point, this memory, this, this energetic imprint on her body of like, oh, that's what's possible for me. And when we have those experiences and we collect enough of them, we start to redefine our relationship to what's possible and our ability to experience them more consistently. Does that, is that clear? Does that help kind mm. of answer what you're going at? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really clear. That's amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and is there anything else that you really would like to add or share about mm. this? Mm. What's coming through is that it's a practice. Mm. And so it's typical for it to not feel super comfortable the first couple of times you start to explore. Mm. I think there's a misperception that I see in the healing community that when you do healing work, integration should be easy. Um, when you work on a trauma, you should be over it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Not necessarily the case. <laughs> yeah. So because it takes courage and courage is the willingness to marry fear with love and compassion if you're stretching and really doing the integration work, you will always have a little bit of discomfort present when you're playing or doing something new. Mm. Um, and that's okay. Like that's, it's part of the package. It's part of the process. And it does, it does get easier with time. But if you start swinging and you love going to the swing set and you're uncomfortable at first and then you start to build a, a muscle of resilience around that and you feel real good going on the swing set and then maybe you don't swing for three months and then you go back to the swing set, you might feel uncomfortable again playing. If you go mm -hmm. gaps without playing, you're going to experience that like, ooh, I haven't worked out in a bit. I'm feeling a little tight, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's a muscle we build. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what hurdles have you personally faced and how have you overcome them? Oh, man. Um, 
I would say, well, a lot of them are internal hurdles, mm. <laughs> mostly self-imposed. Yeah. Uh, you know? Seems like a common, I think it's so often the case. Yeah. And I think the biggest one is like, it's so interesting because now I, so I quit my job a year ago, a little over a year ago to do this healing work full time and build a business. And I've had a story for the longest time. Like I hate being center of attention. I don't like eyes on me. Um, I carried the label of introvert pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. And I was just reflecting on this earlier before I jumped on with you that I, I think I have effectively like trained myself to be comfortable as an extrovert. Mm. I have put myself in enough sticky situations, danced in public enough times, gone live on social media Mm. hundreds of times, like just kind of ran that program of being seen. Like I'm going to be seen no matter what, even in my discomfort, I'm going to lean in. And the more I did that, the more I was able to find a, a sense of purpose and an anchor point of like, I've got this, I've got Mm. this. Yeah. And on the other side, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Yeah. Oh, man. I, nature, I love, anytime I'm immersed in nature, I feel deeply inspired. Watching other people's art, Mm -hmm. watching people dance, watching people paint, watching people speak spoken word, music really inspires me. I'm very sensory, very like tactile, and I receive inspiration through my body, through mm-hmm. color, through sound. Um, and just he- having these conversations ignites me. It stirs creative energy in me, just connecting in this way and, and answering these lovely questions and, and yeah, asking them of myself over and over again. Mm. Yeah, I love inner reflection and going deep into that stuff it's Mm. transformative stuff that's for sure Mm. um and how did you start your day today (laughs) dancing Mm. i started by dancing yeah i actually have been like more conscious of i made an altar last week and i've been starting to sit there and and tapping deeper into devotion this morning, but I, I give myself flexibility. So I light the candles and I don't, I don't follow a very specific routine or structure with how I pray and how I, how I practice devotion. So I was like, I need to move. I'm going to move. So I put on like some booty shaking music and I danced and uh, had my coffee, wanted to watch the sunrise, but it was cloudy, but it was, it was a beautiful morning. I had a really good time. Sounds like fun. I love dancing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because sometimes I dance with my son and it's such a different experience when I dance with him versus if I'm dancing yeah. by myself. Um, yes. I'm way more playful when I'm dancing with him, but I'm way yes. more in my body and more soulful, I guess, when I dance by myself. Mm-hmm. It's a real difference. Thank you for bringing that up because dance is, was one of my portals again to playfulness and music is the universal language. I think that it can be easy to forget how powerful music can be in getting you to move. So if you're new to play, I say create a playlist 
and mm. a playlist, meaning like a list of music that makes you want to move your booty and wiggle and dance mm. and just letting yourself go ham in your room. Like you can do this in private if that's where you're at right now and just letting yourself drop back into the body and move to music. So yeah. good. If you've got yeah. kids like you do, like dance with your kids for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. I love to dance. Um, mm. And what are you curious about right now? Ooh, what am I curious? Okay. So what immediately came up was I got a drone for Christmas. I'm really curious about how to use it because I want to start uh-huh. taking aerial videos and pictures. Yes. <laughs> so fun. That's so cool. We've, yeah. well, my partner Rowan has a drone and that's one of, cool. that's his thing. So yeah, Amazing. I don't know how to use it. I haven't tried. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I should. Well, maybe I could. Um, mm. And what's your favorite book and why? Ooh. Um, so I have lots of favorite books, but I would say the one that I reference or I've been referencing the most lately is Whatever Arises, Love That by Matt mm-hmm. Kahn. Essentially, it just outlines all the principles that make me feel really alive. It really mm. is... Uh, in essence, just an ode to the power of love. Mm-hmm. And it really helped me heal my inner child. About four years ago when I first discovered it, it was really powerful for me then. And it still is. Yeah. Um, and room, desk or car, which would you clean first? Which, what was the question? Which room? Yeah. Would you, which would you clean first? Your room, oh. your desk or your car? Oh, <laughs> Definitely not my car. <laughs> yeah, stays dirty. Um, <laughs> which would I clean first? I would probably say my room. Mm-hmm. And what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh man, I have always wanted to be a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. Or I've wanted to be a part of some sort of musical troubadour. Like I've always wanted to, I sing and I love to sing and I've always wanted to. Yeah, I've heard your voice. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's that's going to happen though at some point. Like that, I'm definitely holding that as an intention. I don't really have a deep urge to go there right now. I feel like like it'll unfold when it's meant to, but creating music for sure yeah um and on a scale of one to ten how weird are you (laughs) i i'm not gonna say 10 i'm definitely not like definitely not 10 i would say like a seven yeah (laughs) probably a seven you wouldn't know if you looked at me but like if you were inside my brain yeah, <laughs> inside my brain, ten <laughs> probably present as like a five or a six. Reading as yeah. a seven. <laughs> um, and what do you wish you knew when you first started out? Uh, when I first started doing this work, yeah, or? just on this path. Uh, That's a great question. What do I wish that I knew? 
I guess it would it would be really it would have been super cool if I could have seen myself like if I just had a little snapshot of who I was becoming mm. and I think about that quite often I was just like oh wow my inner teenager would be so enamored by me right now mm. like she'd be like holy shit you did that what what (laughs) oh my gosh you're so cool you know like my little girl would be like you're so cool so I just I just I guess I would wish that I could meet my younger self yeah she could have met me you know is there any advice that you'd give her the my younger self Uh, I would just tell her she's she's right on path Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would just tell her keep going you're amazing and you're doing exactly what you're being called to do and trust like um i would just tell her like <sighs> trust in the synchronicities and trust in your intuition which is quite spontaneous and i felt a lot of shame and guilt around the way i spent money or made decisions and they all got me here so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would just yeah. say keep going girlfriend you know it you know yeah. it Totally. Um, And if you could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you do and what would would you want to be known for? Like if you had just one project that you could do. I could remove all barriers and constraints. Mm -hmm. What project would I do? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I got it. Yeah. No, I've, so I've been getting this nudge to create a healing center with a rainbow room, which is made of all stained glass and reflects rainbows into the room and there's horses on the property. And so it would be like a sanctuary. I create the sanctuary and I would host other healers to do workshops there. Mm -hmm. Um, I would host retreats. It would just be a space where people could come and experience their essence and really anchor in an imprint of their aliveness and get a feel for that. What's the rainbow room for? I haven't heard of it's that for, it's, um, it's just kind of my imagination. It's this, it wants to be this round room, all windows. So like the sun is filtering through in all directions, constantly reflecting like rainbow fractals into the room. And it's just a magical space to do things like journey dance, ecstatic dance, mm. breath work, workshops like the space itself would just create such an imprint of magic that it doesn't matter what happens in that room all you need to do is be in that room and you're already mm. getting healing yeah oh sounds so good you better yeah. you better make that then <laughs> I know. um and what's the best compliment you've ever received ah the best compliment that I've ever received. Hmm. I, it's funny. I'm like having a hard time recalling. I mean, the, the common ones are coming up like you're an old soul or, um, uh, oh my gosh. I don't know why I'm like stuck on this. I feel like it's something my husband said, but I just can't recall it. <laughs> 
I, people have just said such lovely things to me. I just want to send love to everybody who's ever complimented me. And if I can't remember, <laughs> I appreciate it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, what's one thing that one of your programs or like one-on-one things um, that did for a client that you didn't expect? Oh, oh man. Gosh, so many things. Um, Well, so <laughs> part of it is just like how much in detail. I'm just trying to think of like client confidentiality, but um, I've had clients express to me a, like a deepening of their sexual energy, like Kundalini energy mm-hmm. rising after doing a couple levels of spiral, um, mm-hmm. deeper intimacy in relationships, like just more effortless intimacy. Um, I've watched, I followed one client for about a year now when I started working with her and and from then till now, like just she's activated all of her intentions for sisterhood, Mm -hmm. um, for sacred leadership. Like I just watch, like I followed her probably the longest of most of my clients Actually, another client I had um, started her own podcast as well with some of like the the conversations we were having, the work we were doing, just like, just like beautiful things, just like actualizing visions, you know, just like mm-hmm. getting what they came for, you know, <laughs> they always yeah. set the standard, they always say what they want and usually they're hitting it, like mm. they're just going for it. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what does elevating your life and soul mean to you? Ooh. <sighs> I would say it's very much tied into the work that I do as well. Like that's why we're here, right? That's why we're connected and we've crossed stars and <laughs> yeah. Um, it's elevating your life and soul, like one setting a higher standard for yourself or like reaching reaching higher. And then activating life force energy, really. Just like nurturing the things that make you come alive and conversating with soul, like on a daily basis, you know, like really being in, fostering that connection, being in relationship with that. Mm, beautiful. Um, and is there anything that I, I could have asked you, but I didn't, that you wish I did? <laughs> You asked me the most interesting questions. <laughs> I just want to, really, I, I kind of want to write up of these questions because I'm going to start asking them at dinner parties. <laughs> yeah, I, I th- okay. yeah, I love them. They take you, well, I feel like they, they can open up some deep, interesting stuff. Yes. See, th- th- I find that to be playful, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I find your choice of questions to be playful. So Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course, how can people connect with you, work with you? What's happening? Yes. Uh, so the podcast that I just launched as well is called the art of aliveness podcast. And there's a, a free insiders group that you can join. If you just search art of aliveness podcast insiders on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, I can, Chris- I can drop it in the show notes too, for sure. Um, yeah. Thank you, darling. Um, <laughs> Chrissy on Facebook. 
And on Instagram, I'm at uh, come alive with Chrissy Marie. And then my website is uh, www.yourchildhoodrising.com. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, reach out any of those platforms, shoot me a message. Cool. And do you have any um, programs or anything happening right now or you're doing spiral with be taking people through the spiral? Yes, I am taking people currently through spiral. So there's openings, uh, a few more openings for spiral. It's a one-to-one journey. Um, minimum for me is three months, really deep diving and, and clearing and really anchoring in essence. Um, speaking of essence, I, I run a sisterhood as well, but we've just begun. So you can follow that journey and that, that sisterhood will open up again probably next year. Um, but in the meantime, like definitely get connected to the podcast if you're interested, if that really sparks aliveness in you, um, because I will probably be relaunching one of my courses called The Art of Alchemy. And um, I may be rebranding it to Art of Aliveness because it's a three-month course. It, it has so much to do with what we're talking about now and actually making this practical and tangible so that you can, yeah, just access aliveness in your day-to-day. It just makes me breathe deeply, like, yeah, (laughs) feeling into that. So thank you. This conversation has just, it's been magic. It really has. I I always love talking to you. Um, I feel very grateful that I get to. Um, So thank you. Oh, Thank you for having me on, love. I feel the same. I really deeply appreciate the sisterhood. Mm, me too. And yeah, I will talk to you very soon. Thanks, love. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you like it, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you love this episode, please give it an honest review on iTunes and let me know what you loved and what you want more of. Your feedback helps me truly elevate the show into something that really serves you and allows me to keep pouring my heart and soul into it. This is for you. Let's rise together. And remember, know your value, know your worth. I love you, beautiful soul.